Hello, my friends. This is Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California on a beautiful Tuesday night, August 2nd, 2022. How we are you? Are. <laughs> did you say already that we're Andy and Hedia? No. Yes, I did. Okay. And this is the Living Fearless podcast. Yes. Live show version. Later to be turned into a podcast. <laughs> Am I going to do the rest? Yes. <laughs> Go to resurrectministry.com where you will find all of our content. And you can drop us a message. I have gotten the most beautiful messages lately, and I will share them later in the broadcast. Mm. And we've just been getting messages from people. There's comments on our YouTube channel, which we should probably respond to. But if you'd like to also partner with us, you would help us to empower and equip the church to um, get closer in the walk with Christ and it would truly be a blessing to us. And so you could hit the donate button for whatever you'd like to contribute. My new cross is showing up really prominently. Pro prominently. Nice. Nice. Look at that. Look how it shines. You should see it. There's a little design on it too. Every every one of them was unique. That was the big selling point. Yes. Everyone's unique. She knows. It's like a work of art. Just like us. Yes. <laughs> God's creation. <laughs> All right. We're reading from uh, the Charles Spurgeon devotional called Morning by Morning for August 2nd. This is Jim Reinman's commentary and his version that he uh, updated the language. Yes. And so in this one, uh, the reference is Ephesians 1.11. And it says, God works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Charles says, if we believe in God's wisdom, it follows we will believe he has a determined purpose and plan in the work of salvation. What would creation have been without his design behind it? Is there a fish of the sea or a bird of the air that was simply left to chance for its formation? No. Each of us as well has evidence of the presence of God working everything according to the design of his infinite wisdom in every bone, joint, muscle, tendon, gland, and blood vessel. And if God were present in creation, ruling over it all, would he not rule over grace? Yes. Would his new creation have the fickle genius of free will to rule it when his divine counsel rules the old creation? Heavens no. Look at Providence himself. Do you know that not one sparrow will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father? Even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. God weighs the mountains on the scales of the hills. Oh, our grief on the scales of the hills of our tribulation in a balance. Shall we believe in a God of providence in these, but not when it comes to grace and salvation? Shall the husk be ordained by his wisdom, but the seed inside be left to blind chance? Heavens no. No, for he knows the end from the beginning. When God views his temple, not only does he see the cornerstone that was laid in its appointed place in the glorious color of his dear son's blood, Amen. but he sees each chosen stone taken from earth's quarry and polished by his grace with each in its ordained place as well. He sees the entire building from cornerstone to cornice, from floor to, fl from floor to roof, from foundation to pinnacle. The Lord already has a 
clear knowledge of every stone that would be placed in its prepared space. He knows exactly how large the edifice will be. And he has declared the exact moment he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. Then, at last, it will be seen that Je Jehovah accomplished his perfect will in every chosen vessel of his mercy who are his. And that in every aspect of his work of grace, he accomplished his purpose and glorified his name. Hallelujah. Amen. So, what are the things that um, wow, jump so, out at you? So many things. Oh, let me see where to start. One, he's calling our attention to, and we'll notice this in the scripture, that if God had such intentionality when it came to a sparrow or a fish, or even numbering the hairs on our head, how could he not have that same intentionality with somebody that he saves that mm -hmm. belongs to him? Right. So whenever we get scared or anxious about our lives, we have to just realize that he has this grand design and we just have to surrender to whatever that design is. Allow, allow ourselves to go into autopilot. Mm -hmm. Jesus take the wheel, so to speak, right? Yes. Uh, but I also love that he compares that he compares us because we are now the temple. He compares it to the temple of the Old Testament in Zerubbabel's time when they were rebuilding it after the they were captured from and they were in captivity in Babylon. And the strife that they felt that, oh, my God, this is never going to get built. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough laborers. We don't have enough materials. It's kind of how we feel about our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's affirming for us, you are now this temple and this temple is going to get built by hook or by crook. And he says, do you think I make this grand design and I leave your entire destiny to your free will? Oh, heavens no, because we're tied to leave it to your free will. You would surely mess it up. Right. So I will spank you when you go out of line. I will encourage you when you're going the right direction, but he will accomplish his purpose. And I just, I just love the analogy to the temple because he's telling Zerubbabel, I will, I will flatten the mountains and the capstone will be placed in its, in its rightful place. And everybody will say, God bless it. Mm. Just like people encourage believers when they're living out their purpose and they're serving the kingdom. They're like, wow, you're such a blessing to me or to people or whatever, because that capstone is in its place. And that person is living out that building of the temple. Mm. It was That's awesome. good. This reminds me of uh, the discussion we had at dinner time when there are people, I was one of those people, who constantly live in, in the basement level. Right? Like you're in the house. Like you, you call yourself a Christian. But you never get out of the basement. You're just you keep wanting to go to the servants' quarters. <laughs> yes, because you're constantly living in doubt of some sort, doubt in his existence, doubt, doubt that you're, uh, you know, that, good enough. that that you're good enough, or that you're so horrible that he could never forgive you. I mean, all these things that continue to hold you back. But I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday. I pray to God, and He never helps me. He never saves me from, you know, the, you know. The, my money woes or my health woes or my family woes or my marriage woes. 
And it's always easy to go back because you just never get out of the basement. You never move upstairs. <laughs> you never get up. And, and But to, to understand all of what is described here, I mean, all of it, from understanding that he, you know, a, a, a sparrow doesn't fall out of the sky and die without his will, that, um, you know, all the creations, you know. Like, would he purpose the husk but leave the seed to chance? Right, yeah. No. Exactly. That it, but if, if you're doubting that God exists, you're doubting his power. His power is great enough to even overcome your sins, Hedia. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that you'll never be able to get to the place where when the poop hits the fan, that you go to him. Because you're you're constantly just, you know, making, having these thoughts that he's not, not going to be there for you. Like you can never do the trust fall. You know, I was thinking that same analogy this past week, the trust fall. Yeah. Is you really got to look at it as a trust fall. Right. Oh, my God. That same analogy came to my mind. Like you would read this and you go, oh, it's so great. It's so great. And then, but yeah, he doesn't love me that much. Well, or I'm just such a horrible person. He can never forgive me for all my sins. And, you know, actually, what I've told people I've always felt is at the root of irrational self-abasement meaning mm -hmm. self-criticism abasing the self is pride mm. because basically you're saying i can't surrender that i need my marriage to look like this or my work to look like this to whatever god's plan is that it looks like that you keep saying no this is wrong and it, it, you you say verbally oh i suck but it's not real that's not really what you feel Right. What you really feel is you're not making this look like I expect it to look. And it's never, you never get to the point of doing a trust fall where you're just kind of like, you know what? This may not look anything like I expect. So can you just take over and make me into that temple that you have a grand design for? Says that, you know, like the husk and the seed example, the reason I love that so much is the husk is the body. So you say, mm -hmm. okay, I, I believe there's a God for creation and that we weren't, we didn't come from amoeba. So you think God creates the body and leaves out the spirit and the soul of that body? He goes through all this trouble to create it and then doesn't have a plan for its insides. Mm -hmm. You know, so right. it's, it, it's just, but at the root of constant self-criticism is pride no, I want this to go my way. <laughs> right. And so you fall back in negative patterns. Right. Those of you watching, make sure and comment. Let us know what you think about this uh, scripture and, uh, and this devotional and what it is you think about our discussion here. If I mean, you may have had some, uh, some thoughts that were entirely different than ours, and that's awesome. And that God's speaking to you, but you're hearing something different. Um, and we would love to hear that too, if you write that down. So now to bring it to... Um, kind of an example of what we're what we're talking about at least what I what I was trying trying to convey is that you have to have you have to get past the the basics of understanding that God exists the basics of understanding that God's greatness um, is above everything um, that you could even imagine so great that you can't even fathom all the stuff that he's been able to do and still doing and will do in the future and the fact that he gave his son as a sacrifice a living sacrifice here on earth for us, uh, for our sins, that he rose and then came back and, and showed himself. That you have to just, you that's it. Basic. There's no forgetting. Why is that important? Because I'm going to use an example that is far, just it's, it's, it's unfathomable 
that, that, I, that, that this even happened. So it's a it's make believe. But let's say that we're having a discussion. It turns into a little bit of an argument, and I know that I'm a hundred percent right. So it just make believe. <laughs> Certainly make believe. <laughs> but but you believe you're hundred percent correct, right. and you're saying, you know, but but we can feel the tension coming. If we don't believe that God is great enough to handle our discussions, our disagreements, our, uh, you know, our marriage in, in, in the sense that it keeps it strong and together and doesn't let a little argument uh, ruin it, mm -hmm. that it's harder when you don't trust in God and believe God exists taking the wheel. because you're going to say, oh, he's not there for me anyway. And uh, th I am, this is I, how I'm going to yeah, solve it. You are going to believe that I'm hundred percent right, whether you like it or not. And you're going to no, know. And then it, then you, then you put up a wall and then nobody's winning. Right. Where if I have, which is, it, you know, which is it, where other things have happened, not this particular one, <laughs> that where I go now is that I hear the Holy Spirit now talking to me. I hear what I've read in devotionals. I, I hear what I've read in the Bible. And it says, one of, one of a couple things that I can do in this moment. Like Elsa? Like, yes. Quit, let, let, it it go. Go, let it go. Or pray. Pray. And I can be praying while you're, while you're, <laughs> and I go, dear God, I love you. Please give me the strength to just set it aside. I don't have to, I don't have to win. I do that quite often. I don't have to be hundred percent. You are not the only one that do that. Right. I do that quite often. I, this is make believe snugs. What? What's make believe? <laughs> I thought we had come to reality now. You've given up the make believe. <laughs> we, 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 we went away from that a hundred percent thing. Because you can always, you can, there's a couple things that can happen. You go to prayer, you go to God and you say, uh, you know what? I understand where you're coming from. And that's totally fine. And we'll try that way. Or we'll, yes, you are right. Or whatever. And it could always come up later. We could always say, you know what, earlier when we were having a discussion or last week we had this discussion, you know, what was awesome is that we were having this thing. But you know what, I, I, I feel like I want to try it the way that I was talking about. And there's sometimes where you can do that. And it's like, and you go, oh, oh, okay. I mean, that makes total sense. Like for whatever reason on that day when it was happening, there was no way. Because yeah. other stuff was going on. But because we have faith in God, we hand over the wheel. Or we pray. Or we do other things and, and understand that that it because our flesh isn't as important to us as it used to be. I mean, it used to be the only thing. I mean, it was it was the, it was it. If you tried to take anything away from me and my pride, forget you. I'm not I'm not giving up. I mean, in the make-believe world. In the make-believe world? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. But Why you see, are you talking in make-believe? Because, so so you see how powerful it is. I mean, if you are going to constantly be questioning whether God exists, there's no way you can have him there for you in the times that you need him, no matter how small. And I think that the illustration of a sparrow, seemingly unimportant, unimportant but God's, it's important to God. Numbering the hairs on your head? Numbering the hairs on our head. Like Why? So we'll no longer think that just a little argument or a little spat between us is so small that we can't take it to God. Right. It, it's, it's very significant to God. Yes. Just as the big things are. And so I, I, I just want to reiterate that well, all that sit in this devotional explaining all the things that God, you know, what are important to God and what 
the intentionality. The intentionality of God is that you have to get out of the basement, understand that all these things are true, and now you're done with that. And now you go to him every time that you have a, a, a challenge. And you you just, you repent, you know, yeah. because the Lord says, come to me, you know, and repent, and I am quick to forgive mm. and and grant you purity and wash you clean. And so there's a process of repentance that's really valuable too, is that every time you mess up, you're like, wow, that was bad. Sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And get back on the horse. But if you go from having a fit, like an anger fit, and then going like, well, God must not exist because I just got angry. That's, I mean, yeah, that's a washing machine that you're never going to get out of. Yeah. And I guess it's just understanding that even though we are the temple of the Lord and he dwells within us, I and him, he and me and us all in him together, we still have the flesh. This, this battle never ends until right. we leave this body. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the thing we always got to say. It doesn't mean there's not going to be problems. Right. It's just how you handle them is completely different. And uh, it doesn't mean you won't get frustrated from time to time, but your frustration is hopefully uh, a much shorter period of frustration, uh, not long and drawn out and depression and anxiety that lasts for weeks and months and you don't leave your house or you don't talk to your spouse for a couple of days. That, that, sh that should end with your love for God and God's love for you. All that should end. Right? Right. Let's get to some of the scripture that will balance out the devotional. But the, devo the devotional has certain um, scripture references that are in parentheses as we're reading. I don't stop and read those, but these are uh, those references that uh, Hedy is going to bring to us now. So it's uh, the first one was Matthew 10, 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, meaning they're of little earthly value, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? Right. Showing again the 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 even the the, the most is, insignificant thing exactly. is important to God. Matthew ten thirty and but the very heads hairs of your head are all numbered. You said it's such an interesting like, right. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, like numbering hairs. It's like um, God had to say, now how can I write this so that it just sounds so absurd, but yet effective, so that it you know they go wow that is amazing. Especially you, because you have a lot more hair than I do. That's a lot of hairs for him to have numbered. It's a See, I thought of a, uh, I thought of something to say to that, but it, the Holy Spirit said, "You know, leave that one alone." <laughs> that was an example of marital bliss. Okay, Isaiah forty twelve. This is another example. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? measured heaven with a span, which is like a cubit, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. Wow. The dust of the earth. Think of a single sand dune in mm. the Arab desert. Weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. He does all of that. And would he not care for each one of our souls wow. and our destiny and living out our purpose? Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Which reminds me about that not leaving us to our own free will mm -hmm. all the time. 
Zechariah 4, 7, nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level, a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets that final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may, may God, God bless, bless it. it. May, may God, God bless, bless it. it. And think of yourself as that temple. That's what uh, Spurgeon is telling us, that we are now that temple. And God is placing every stone in its place. And we are in partnership with him, placing those stones and organizing them. And, and when that purpose comes to light uh, to the world, people will say, wow, God bless that person. Mm. That creation that God, all glory to God for putting all of that in its right order. And really, he wants to put everybody in their right order. But we're just so rebellious. You know, we, we fight it kicking and screaming the whole time, you know, like, oh, I don't, I, oh, I don't want to do that. I, I really found that um, when I get really uh, stuck in the uh, mundaneness of everyday life, that's what um, the uh, passion and will to get through it is knowing I'm exactly where God wants me to be. So instead of dread, dreading it, I say to myself, oh Lord, may I learn what you're trying to teach me in this, mm -hmm. you know, which is patience, perseverance. It, it's really a um, hats off to all those housewives out there. God bless you. I, this is actually the first stage of my life at 52 years old that I'm a housewife. And it's a, it's a thankless job. You know what I mean? It's just like you're, you do things over and over and the, the monotony of the tasks that you do and they feel like never ending mountain of things, you know, it's a completely different experience for me because before my work was hard, but there was a real prize at the end of it. It was fame and accolades and mm -hmm. kudos and, oh, wow, you've done such an amazing thing. But now it's just kind of like, no, I, all I have to show for it is the Lord being, oh, daughter, that is, I am well pleased. <laughs> That's awesome. Iris de la Torre. Hello, everyone. Just Hello. saw you around. Hello. So we've decided to come um, each of the nights that we come on at least three, four times a week at around nine o'clock. So predictability wise, look for us at 9 p.m. Pacific time. Robert Block says we must repent first before we are ready to hear from God. Absolutely. So, so important. And keep repenting. It's not a one-time thing. It's repenting every single day. I mean, I catch myself repenting to God at least half a dozen times a day. What? Absolutely. I repent over everything. Mm -hmm. If I catch whatever I catch myself, I say something that I shouldn't have said. I behave a way I shouldn't have behaved. I even repent for the thoughts. When I get frustrated uh, for like the the tasks, mm -hmm. it, I repent from that too. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sorry because I say, Lord, I'm sorry because I know I am where you where you put me. So if I do it, he said, hey, there's a scripture that says, do everything without grumbling. And he means everything. So when I catch myself grumbling, I repent. I'm sorry, Lord, I'm grumbling. I am, I'm content. Oh. 
You should try it sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At least twice I should have repented at least this month. This month? Yes. Uh, yes. You were you were so cute. <laughs> so self-assured. That was so funny. I got, uh, so this week I got uh, the three boys. Uh, two of them are in a uh, flag football camp and then Kelly's in the lacrosse camp. And then I pick them up and, you know, they go, oh, man, I killed it today. I was so good. I scored so many goals and touchdowns. And I just was thinking to myself, I said, these kids are so cocky. Where did they get that from? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm like sitting there going, God, I'm trying to think. Don't you, don't you love when your kids are a mirror? Isn't it, what? isn't it fantastic? I don't know what that means. Oh, my daughter does that to me all the time. I look at her and I'm like, I can't even say <laughs> out loud, why are you like that? Because I know exactly why she's like that. I try to tell her, don't. It's a lifetime of misery to undo it. Oh, my gosh. They're so prideful and so cocky. And so I say, okay, so I'm now, now I say, um, I mean, every time they get in the car, so they'll say something like that. And I said, is there anybody that you encouraged today? Was there anybody that needed help with something? And they go, uh, <laughs> uh, one of these days they're going to say, oh, yes, I had a friend of mine who was knowing because they're anticipating the question. Yeah. Well, I, I want them to, I want them yeah. to at least think about it Glad or do something. See. Yeah. What is it you've done to help somebody today? Is there anybody that you slowed down for anybody that fell that you gave them a hand up? Uh, something like that. So I'm going to, I'm trying to get them to mini me's. What do you mean, Iris? <laughs> exactly. Iris. But yeah, that was the funniest thing. I made myself laugh. <laughs> I go, oh, these kids are so cocky. All of them. <laughs> and Ray too. Yeah. Ray. Oh, Ray walked in today. Like she was. Uh, beauty, she, beauty oh beauty my gosh. She's sashaying <laughs> in. And, like, I, and she did look pretty. And I told her, I said, wow, you look really pretty. What's going on with it? And she goes, nothing. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what is happening to these kids? Wow. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll think of something. There's got to be something I have There's to repent gotta for. Be There's got to be something. I mean, I you know, maybe for. stubbing your toe and not being and then careful I, what you Yeah, maybe I, I said, dang it. <laughs> when I stub my toe, I'll repent for that. Okay. Every, right. Everything you could think of, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, I had a question for you. Now it's slipping my. Uh, oh, oh, I know what it was. Um, this Thursday, I have an article coming out. Yes. And uh, so, if you don't know, Hetty writes for the Christian Post, and um, the articles are amazing. You don't want to miss any of them. Uh, this one is very. They're all timely because they're based on what's happening in the news right now. But uh, it, it has to do with how um, the liberals like to change the the meaning of words yeah to... i titled it the language war threatens the church mm. so uh we see it in the news when it comes to the politics of things that are happening not so it's not a recession church. even though two quarters of negative growth equals a recession but that's now it means not a recession mm -hmm. and then they have a bill going through <laughs> that is the anti-inflation uh, bill oh, which really? is spending billions of dollars to... which is the to cause more inflation. <laughs> oh, so mind-numbing. So when we see that happening in our politics, in our world, uh, where were you able to bring that into the uh, the church and what's happening in our in our faith? Well, so what I wanted to do was to see whether that was seeping in the Bible. And basically what I, 
I knew that uh, there's now transgender pastors, there's acknowledgement of same-sex marriages. And I want to be clear that I'm not saying that we should not allow people that are in same-sex marriages to be in the church so that they can hopefully be delivered. But what I'm saying is, is when the church condones same-sex marriages, mm -hmm. either they perform ceremonies or there's pastors that are in same-sex couples, whatever it may be. I wanted to find out what the origin of Excusing it from sin. Right. Okay. Right. As opposed to saying, come and be freed mm. from this, just like any other sin. And the origin of it, interestingly enough, is this language war, is basically changing the definition of words, of ancient Greek words and Hebrew words to mean something else. It started with the verse that you were calling to mind, which is 1 Corinthians 12, 6, mm. which is, um, has a, a phrase in it that says, act like men, be strong. And they change it to, be strong, be courageous. This is uh, this andromatai. This word appears once in the New Testament, but 25 times in the Old Testament. It is all the scripture uh, that when the Lord was talking to Joshua. Mm. All of those, be strong, courageous, for your Lord God is with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. As I was with Moses, I shall be with you. All of those are andromatai, andronomatai. Uh, and that changing of the word to be courageous basically allows pastors and teachers to bypass the whole gender role discussion. It, it allows them to just gloss over it. Mm -hmm. We no longer have to argue about, was he referring to men? Is there a traditional gender role? Are there certain male traits? Basically, you just ignore that whole conversation. Combine that with this um, trend towards liberalism and not sticking true to the gospel, gives the open door, it leads to maybe the root of how we get to same-sex couples and because femininity in a man or uh, uh, transgenderism and the uh, feminine, the toxic masculinity discuss discussion and the fact that there are really no serious differences between the genders, that's how it seeps into the church. Mm. Even more nefarious is the change that's been made to Scripture, I believe, is 1 Corinthians 6, 9, which is um, that those that will not inherit the kingdom, which includes men that sleep with men. Originally, I believe the word was sodomites, which was the act of uh, men having sex with men. And the latest interpretations of some of the more progressive Bible interpretations has turned that into um, those who engage in illicit sex. Mm -hmm. And that is basically to undo the prohibition against homosexuality. Wow. It is completely changing the gospel. And so it's a really, it's an insidious problem. And it's just a reflection, another reflection of the culture wars and how standing on biblical truth, sound, authentic biblical truth is just going to make us more hated. That's how they start calling us racist and homophobes and now even terrorists right. because we believe in a gospel. It's it, it's only exclusionary in the sense that we believe there's one way. That one way is open to everybody, but um, that one way is clear in God's word. Hmm. Looking forward to it. That'll be out on Thursday uh, in the Christian Post. Yes. Such an important discussion. You know, 
I don't want to get go too far on this on my end of the discussion because you did a great job, but the, the Bible took care of all those things. Right? You don't have to change anything, because if, if there's any question, can women be a leader in a battle? Yeah, you gave you gave us Deborah, but women can't be pastors. Yeah, well, that's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> but they changed that too. They changed it. It's basically um, manipulating language to accomplish a cultural objective. Hmm. which is exactly what the left's doing right. for political purposes. Orale. And Kate asks us, makes a statement, but I am sorry if we misspoke um, or it came out wrong, but we definitely did not say we need to repent before he talks to us. I was just saying that I repent every day just because I want to be in the habit of repenting. But we definitely didn't say that we have to repent before he talks to us. I mean, there's that initial repentance yeah. for salvation. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. But <laughs> moving past the first uh, repentance and yes. receiving the Lord as your uh, Lord and Savior, I was not saying that you had to repent. Yes. Um, but except uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, repent for our sins, and then from that point on. Right. But she's referring to yeah. that, uh, that uh, there's something that we said or I said that made it sound we were agreeing like, with robert um who said we must repent first before we are ready to hear from god and i and uh, i i i read it as that first first repentance the first repentance i think that's repent. what robert's referring to yes in robert's I, statement he's referring to the first repentance that's what i took as that but i'm glad we were able to clear that up and i appreciate kate bringing in that statement so we can make sure that that's understood in case there's somebody that isn't yes um you know a believer oh she but she may have a a further point, but leave it to the liberals. Yes, Mimi. <laughs> Thank you, Mimi. It's and, infectious. Uh, and Kate said, okay. Yes. We're good. We straightened it out. Um, but yes, the article, christianpost.com. Yes. And uh, it'll be there Thursday. Sometimes it drops around 9-ish, 10-ish in the morning, uh, Pacific Standard Time. And for Kate, that would be the following day. It'll, it'll drop the following Friday day. Yeah, Friday. <laughs> All right. Anything else, my love? That's it for me. Uh, me too. And that is it. Did you want to tell them about the Edify app? Yes. It is the Edify Christian Podcast Network. And we have our program on there. If you would download the app or even go to the website, edifi.app and subscribe, it would truly be a blessing for us. And share this content, like, subscribe, share it with your friends, whoever you think may benefit. Oh, I got this email today of someone who has written a book on narcissistic abuse and finding healing uh, in Jesus Christ. And from watching the show, she asked if I would help her to start a female ministry to heal from narcissistic wow. abuse. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we get so many like little random messages. <laughs> yeah, so cool. And people, thank you for the encouragement also, folks. Yes. We've gotten so many beautiful emails encouraging us and telling us to stick with it. And that truly, truly blesses Andy and I because um, it, it, I don't know how much you know this, but when you do an online ministry, other than these few conversations we have online, we don't know if this is having an effect. It's not like having a live ministry where people can give you feedback telling you oh, that was good or that was bad, or we we just throw it out into the universe and <laughs> hope that God's pleased. So yeah, both conversations are so meaningful. Uh, the comments uh, during our show push out the content, gives us additional things to talk about. 
And, um, and of course, the nice things you say, we really do appreciate it. And the, if, if there's any controversy or yes uh, comments where you've had those too. Yeah, those are fun. We love the, I love those, especially those are my favorites, <laughs> but the, 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 the comments afterwards too, uh, just it, it all, it all helps uh, us understand what it is that you like, what you don't like and how we can improve and, and how God is speaking to you. Um, if you happen to catch this uh, midstream or towards the end, um, just wait a little bit. It will uh, become available and you can watch the replay to hear what God uh, gave us uh, in the beginning stages of this devotional. And I think you'll you'll find it interesting. Hopefully. Right? Yes. All right, my friends. We love you guys. God bless. And we will see you on the next one. Have a good night. Take care. Bye.